Hey everybody, welcome back to the Podcast Daily. Happy Hump Day from Bill Landis and me, Austin Ward. Great to be back in the great state of Ohio. And guess what, Bill? What's up? Ohio State special teams. <laughs> I think is a worthy conversation. We don't have to talk about all of it. But I, I think I just have this, this itch to talk about Punt returning and kick returning. Yeah, I mean, it, it actually is kind of interesting, right? I know like, we sort of like made jokes about it for the last, I don't know, month and a half. But uh, I've been talking about it for <laughs> twelve years. Twelve years, yeah. More, well, when it comes to the return game in particular, certainly, it certainly feels like longer than that. But yeah, no, we can get into it. Let's do it. Who should do it? Me? No. <laughs> uh, you, want, you want kicks or punts? Uh, I'll, I'll take the other one. I'll do the kicks because you can fair catch them and still get twenty-five yards. Um, man, who should do it? I don't know. Like. Not a Mecca Ibuka, <laughs> like not a, not a starter. I think is, is where I'd begin with that conversation. I don't know. Carnell Tate seems like a pretty intriguing option. Brandon Innes. Um, I know the the Chip Trainum experiment last year. I guess didn't go well. I don't know. It was, it was nothing really happened with it. I, if you want to do it more, I guess I can get behind that idea. But it's the same thing we always talk about, right? There's such an abundance of skill talent here, and I know there's trust involved, and you want to make sure the guy actually catches the ball, but. Um, it just always seems so silly to me that they that they use the guys who are listen. Everyone's important, but you know the the top of the depth chart guys who do that stuff. When there's you know there's a freshman on the team that can do it, I guarantee you, you can do it. and He can do it well. Uh, like pick one, and I think they'll be good. Yeah, I thought it was interesting to go back to assistant coach media day, and Parker Fleming was talking about that. And I went, I wrote last week, just so I was going back through his comments, and I thought it was interesting the way he talked about it because he was, he kind of joked about. Marvin fielding the punts, and you know we know that he just wanted to get some extra work. I think the likelihood of Marvin Harrison Jr. ever returning a punt is just around zero. Same as me. Yeah, yeah that's just <laughs> guys. Is it not not for lack of talent on either that's or right. ability or willingness from either side, but just not uh, not probably the best use of your talents. Um, but he, you know, he rattled off the names, and we talked about them throughout spring. And he's like, well, we saw what happened with Jackson, and everything was built around Jackson, and then he had to adjust on the fly. And I hadn't thought in a while about the dominoes that happened there like because Emeka had been so good as a kickoff returner and then suddenly they're like well you can't do both of these things right and you're going to be the punt returner so that they wanted to spend spring looking at three four or five different options and I I get that I think competition in the spring is good I do wonder if it's such a unique skill set that it would it does a disservice to try and build depth there and not let somebody make that job their own and get really good at it. And that's my way of saying, I think I've decided that Xavier Johnson should return punts. Oh, that's interesting. He has um, pretty good wiggle to him. Like we saw that on that long touchdown run he had against Indiana. Um, I think I can get behind that idea. It is both, both kick returning and punt returning are, are probably more difficult jobs than we give it credit for. Um, and if you don't believe it, like watch Buka try to catch a punt, I guess. I'm like, he's a really good receiver. Um, so it is, it is or, hard. Or any of the previous <laughs> wide receivers who couldn't figure out what to do when they're running and, and making it into an extravaganza. Yeah, uh, I like I like Xavier because I do wonder, like Xavier's a really important guy for this team, but they have so much coming back at receiver, and, and I know he played a very important role for them last year. But if I'm being honest, like if everyone's healthy, I – I don't know that that role can be quite the same for him this year, and you hope that everyone is healthy. So if that's a way to get a guy like that involved, give him an important job on the team in addition to the leadership that he provides, 
that's probably a good use of his skill set. And he can still do stuff for you on offense, but if, if his primary way of making plays with the ball in his hands on a routine basis is, is via the return game, then I, I like that idea. I don't know. I, maybe want an, a pretty explosive guy there, and, and I don't I don't know that I would use the word explosive to, to describe Xavier, but I think he's pretty savvy. I think he's got good vision with the running back and receiver skill set and, and some of the elusiveness that you look for. Yeah, and, and I don't know. I mean, that wasn't really somebody that, was hurt throughout spring. We didn't see him do it. And yeah. Maybe it's unlikely to transpire that I, as I'm trying to speak it into existence. But if what we're talking about with his role on offense and you're counting up touches or carries, it, it doesn't seem all that feasible for him to be averaging five touches per game on yeah, offense. Right. But if you think that he's earned that, uh, and I think that there's a strong case to be made that he has, there is a, a shortcut and another way to try and provide a jolt to a return unit that has just not been good enough for a long enough time. And I've never understood what the, what the breakdown is. I'm no longer really concerned about kickoff return. They Ohio state could call a fair catch every single time and start on the 25 and with their offense. I don't think you have to find a spark there. Maybe the same is true with punt returners. As long as they can catch it, they don't have to go take it back to the house because they have a lot of faith in their offense to go score points. But I don't think that they're quite the same because, you know, the, the fair catch to where it is, if you're inside the, you know, inside the 20, not a lot of value in that. If you can make something happen between the 20 and the 10 and improve the situation, great. If you can make a, if you can steal an extra touchdown over the course of a year or two touchdowns, even better. But kickoff return, I've basically just given up on that for Ohio State. But punt return is still an area where I think that there's an edge or punt block, which is something that they've done with more success recently, that there's, more room for them to exploit that than they have. Yeah, I, I, I think I agree with you. Like, you don't. There's no need to push the envelope, I guess, on kick return. You could, like, I'm. If <laughs> you could, if you wanted to, like, team teams still value that. And I don't know. I, I guess when your offense is the way it is, it's 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 an, an unnecessary risk at times to always bring the ball out. But mm-hmm. I, I still, there are times where I'm watching the game and I think to myself, like, you, like, bring it out, see what happens, like, and. Especially in these games where, like, it doesn't matter. You can start on the one or you can start on the opposing 42. The result's going to be the same because Ohio State is going to score a touchdown against that defense. So why not risk it a little bit and see what you can't do on special teams? But, but punt return remains important until they change the rules, and I don't I don't really see them doing that. Like, you don't want to be in a situation where you're just – you don't prioritize or you're not built to move yourself from the shadow of your own end zone when a team is trying to flip the field on you. And Ohio State under Ryan Day, like, that – that is when it has gotten in trouble at times is when it, it does have, I mean, every, I guess it's true for every team when you have bad, bad field position, it doesn't go particularly well for you, but it, it's, it's such a stark contrast to the way that the offense typically operates under Ryan day that they get themselves in a bind sometimes when that field position is not to their advantage and, and their advantage is different than other teams advantages. It's just like, it's probably just simple getting out to the 25 and you're ready to roll, but when they get buried. Like they get a little clunky with their play calling or a little clunky with their run blocking. And, um, it, in some of these important games, I think that has been been a factor. So if you have a if you have a way of attacking that via the punt return game or prioritizing it more, I, I don't know what that is, but it's not something I think that you should just like kind of brush over when you're a team like Ohio State, even with all the talent you have. Like I still I still think you need to embrace that as an important weapon for your team. So you said not a mecca, name dropped Carnell Carnell Tate. Yeah, uh, is that who you think should do it, or who else did you have in mind? I would, I would probably want to see Carnell there first, or, or Brandon Ennis, I guess. Um, I'd like to see either one of those guys do kicker punt return. 
Um, trying to think who else. I don't know if any of the other, like Jaden Ballard's got great straight line speed. Um, maybe that's similar to like a Paris Campbell situation. And Paris came very close to housing a couple in the years that he did it. Um, Paris is probably a better a better uh, horizontal athlete than than Jaden Ballard is. Um, so I don't. Maybe that's not quite the right fit. Um, Paris had a lot more running back style skill to him. Yeah, that carried over than than Jaden. As you said, that's more straight line. I, I, I don't. I don't see enough similarities between those two to do it. The ones that have been the best, right? Both had some of that quarterback or running back wiggle versatility, which in my mind, Jalen Marshall and Paris Campbell had the most opportunity to break some of the streak. And Jalen Marshall did, what, nine years ago now? Yeah. And it hasn't been since then. Right. I, and I, when I have this conversation, I, come, I might have said this before on the podcast, I can't remember, but I, I talked with Urban Meyer about this like four or five years ago, and, and he said a, an underrated characteristic of a guy who returns kicks is, is strength, like the ability to run through tackles. You probably more often think of a guy running around or, or juking people, but um, you're going to have to break an arm tackle or two, I think, to, to get lucky and actually house one. So um, I don't know. Maybe maybe that is – like Brandon Innes to me is – he's a receiver, but he he's a smaller athlete, or I should say like maybe a, a lower center of gravity kind of, kind of athlete, almost built more like a running back, like Jackson Smith and Jigba, like pretty thick through the lower half. Um, and, and able, I think, to, to shed guys in that way. So maybe he is the ideal candidate. I think he's got plenty of speed for it. Um, I don't know if this, you, do, you see some teams put defensive guys there. I don't know if anyone jumps out immediately on defense who could do it. Uh, <laughs> There's a guy sitting over there who has a name in mind for you, but we've talked about him before. Oh, well, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, that is true. Yeah. But, but that's like he's a similar kind of athlete, I think. Uh, a quarterback slash guy who's just comfortable with the ball in his hand, who is also kind of built a little bit like a running back too. Like I'd love to see Cam Martinez do it, but I'm also done asking for it. Yeah, it's done, done waiting for it to happen because clearly, we've been asking for it for three years yeah. and it hasn't happened yet. Clearly, it's not going to happen. And and maybe the that ship has sailed for a different reason, which is uh, when we talked about the safeties on Tuesday. That if he does make that role official and permanent at nickel, which is not guaranteed, despite what happened in the spring. Uh, and, and the head start he does seem to carry into August. If he is a starting defensive back, that probably doesn't make any sense the same way that using a Mecca Buka there would. Sure, yeah. I, I, and embrace the depth in, in all ways possible, I think, is, is what Ohio State should be. Even, even with their like their coverage teams, like a lot of starters play on those coverage teams, and sometimes I think to myself, like, I don't know that I would do that. Like They're, like, they're really good at it. Like, it's... If you even go back a few years, like, do you really want to not make Terry McLaurin a gunner? Like, he's awesome at it, but it's really important to the offense. So I don't know. There's always a balance there, but um, especially with the skill talent that they've amassed over the last couple of years, particularly at receiver, um, I think they're better positioned maybe to dig into some of that depth to use it on special teams if they wanted to. You didn't like seeing Lathan Ransom go block a punt with a broken hand? <laughs> no, like it's it's cool. <laughs> like I do I do like it, but like he's got a broken hand. Why is he out there? Like it's it's I don't know. It's it's tough. Like I I guess. If you don't operate that way on offense and defense, like you put your best players out there, the guys you know are going to get the job done are the ones you trust the most to get the job done. I, I suppose you shouldn't treat special teams any differently. Um, but it's just it's, it's a little concerning sometimes when you see those bigger-name guys out there. It's always a strange balancing act to me, and I've, I've never talked as extensively about the special teams approach with Ryan Day as, as you and I probably both did with Urban Meyer, where on one hand you say – the path to earning playing time at Ohio State has to come on special teams. Mm-hmm. And then the on the other hand, you say special teams is an important part of the game and we want our best players out there. Well, it, it really 
shouldn't be or can't be both. I mean, are yeah, you think it's, it's I maybe there's a little bit of a balance there, but you're right. They they sort of fly in the face of, of each other. I, I don't know. But like you saw like CJ Hicks play a bunch of special teams last year. Sonny Styles played a bunch of special teams last year. Neither one of them played all that much on on defense. So um, they do do it. Um, maybe maybe my thought is that I just wish they would do it more with the young receivers than than they do, particularly at the returner positions. Because if like if you're willing to put true freshmen out there on coverage teams, I would I would think I don't know. It's different. The ball's in their hand. I guess it's drastically different with the ball in their hand. But I, I would think that a freshman could do that. What do you? Make of the rule changes, especially. I mean, they're most notable on kickoff, obviously, with the fair catches. Are you are you upset that the toughness of the game has been taken away, or the strategy of kickoffs, the explosive? It used to be a lot more common that you're seeing guys take these back to the house and change some games. Yeah, um, I think when it first happened, I didn't love it. Now it's just like it's what it is now for for so many years that. I don't know that I think about it as much. Um, I could probably at this point almost do away entirely with the kickoff. I, I just, what is the one, wasn't there one league uh, that doesn't, is it the XFL that doesn't do kickoffs and then when you want to do an onside kick, you have to yeah. like convert a fourth, fourth and 10 or something fourth, like that. I think it was, it's fourth and 15 or fourth, fourth and yeah. 20, something like that. Like that's cool. I, that is like very much upsetting the tradition of football. Like I understand that. I don't, I don't know that college football or the NFL will ever get that drastic, but I think it's okay to also think outside the box when you're – it's a player safety thing first and foremost. Like, do you really need that in the game anymore? I don't know. Probably not. I, I think by this point, like, the, the, the kickoff return is is not eliminated, but, like, it's pretty close. And I don't know that college football feels all that different to anybody or, or the NFL, frankly, feels all that different to anybody. So if you just want to take it all the way and remove it entirely and try something cool like that, I think it would be able to do it. I, I think I only watched one XFL game, maybe two. I believe that that was the league that also did – so. They had kickoffs, but you started like five yards apart, and then oh, so there wasn't like a yes, yeah, so yeah. like they removed the full speed collisions at the front, so you had to block it up front, and then there were certain they had made it even more complicated because you had to land the kickoff between certain yards. Right, I don't think you could kick it to the end zone or something. I, huh. I don't remember, uh, and I didn't care enough to watch more <laughs> XFL to find out. I know that they, I mean. They have provided ideas in the past for the NFL to change, change rules and change their approach. Uh, I don't know if that's the one that will stick, but it seems like the NFL is more likely to just get rid of it entirely. Yeah, and I think if that were to ever happen, then college football would take its cue from the NFL. I think that's probably still still a ways off, but it feels like we are trending in that direction. I think I think punting and punt return will always be part of it because that's a different kind of strategy. I think, although you are seeing. This is anecdotal. I don't have the data, but it does feel like team more and more teams are just going for it on fourth down. Although, interestingly enough, Ohio State not one of them. <laughs> if you look at some went the other direction, yeah, yeah. If you look at some of the, the stats that were shared by Bill Connolly, uh, I think it was last week about teams that, that go for it in fourth and normal situations, like Ohio State doesn't do it, which I get, like that's a whole other conversation. Like, why wouldn't you do it? Um, but I think the punt is here to stay. I hope it is. I like, the, I, like the punt. I appreciate the punt, but I think the kickoff is is. On its way out eventually, but it's still down the road. You like the punt? I know you have some thoughts about Jesse Mirko, I'm sure. I thought he was very good last year. I thought he was not – he was fine the year before. Um, and I guess, like, punting on the heels of Drew Christman and Cameron Johnston, is, they're like their tough shoes to fill. Um, and I, But I just thought he was, like, pretty inconsistent that first year. But I, I thought pretty good last year. Um, I don't know 
I think they could perhaps unleash him a little more with the rugby style stuff and like really try to weaponize him the way that Urban did with Cam Johnson. Um, I think that'd be great to see, but yeah, just, just solid. Like, I don't, I don't know that he's a guy who's going to like wow you with how he booms the ball down the field and traditional punting. But I think for Ohio state's purposes, it's more about, can you flip that thing down inside the five yard line when you're punting from around midfield? And he was really good at that last year. And I think he'll be really good at that this year. Don't this offense doesn't generally just go three and out from the 25. It's rare. It's rare. Yeah. Um, I'm not too worried about that. <laughs> even with <laughs> even with a new quarterback and new offensive lineman, I think they, I think you won't see too many three and outs from anywhere on the field, let alone the 25 or, or deeper. Do you have any kicker thoughts after spring ball? Uh, no, just like who's going to do it. Like I, I don't. It's it's interesting. I've also this entire episode. This is going to sound really bad at my job, but it's just because I'm getting old and I'm bad at names. Who was the kid who did kickoffs last year? Jaden Field. Thank you. I've been trying to think of his name for this entire episode. You were just like, let's not talk about actual <laughs> kicking. Like, is his name John? Like, like I just could not remember his name. So you have Jaden Fielding, you have Parker Lewis, um, neither of whom really we've seen kick field goals in games, at least at Ohio State. Both have pretty big legs. One of them probably should have kicked the field goal against Georgia last year. Um, they really shouldn't have <laughs> let us see that in practice. Yeah, so uh, I don't know. I think uh, – I, I think – uh, Noah Ruggles was so good from like inside, like borderline automatic from inside of 50. And I think that is more important over the course of a season than who can kick a 63 yard field goal when you're desperate and trying to win a game like that matters too. But, but I think week to week, what's more important is consistent accuracy from more manageable distances. So whichever of the two I think can do that is the one who will win the job. And, and it's nice to have a couple of guys who can really get into one if you need them to, but I don't, I don't know which of those two is, is more equipped for it. I guess we'll see. Um, and they also, I thought Jaden Fielding did a pretty good job of kicking the ball into the end zone last year too, which is, I think, more or less what you want nowadays. They just, they struggled for a long time to find a guy who could do that consistently. And Jaden seemed to do it pretty well. Yeah, I think, I think the job description is similar there. The, what I just talked about with the punting situation, like if you're Iowa, it's probably more relevant if you can have somebody go seven out of ten from fifty-five yards. Yeah, like Ohio State's. Yeah, it, to your user, your point there about the fourth downs. It, Last year was not really the case for Ryan Day with rolling the dice in fourth and five situations the way that he had been for the first three, four years of his tenure. But a lot of that time, if you get to the 40, he's much more willing to try and play for a touchdown than a field goal anyway. So I don't, and I think that that's probably going to continue uh, no matter what. And they've passed on that maybe anecdotally in my mind on punting and some field position more last year than I thought that they should or had grown accustomed to from Ryan Day. So part of this conversation when it comes back to all special teams is how aggressive is he going to be? Is he going to rediscover some of that go for broke mentality that really made him uh, burst on the scene, seem and scene and seem like a riverboat gambler. Like, yeah. What he was doing in fourth and one situations against Clemson and in the Fiesta bowl, like some of these conversations and the decisions and the personnel will come back to what version of Ryan day, is out there running, managing the entire show out there. Yeah, and that it'll come at it from a different vantage point, I guess, with not being the, the every down play caller we're assuming. So maybe that gives him more time to think about those things and how he wants to attack them. I, I hope we see a return of a guy who was more willing to, to go for it on, on fourth down. The guy in, in, who in 2020 in an empty stadium in Penn State, it was like fourth and two from like the 20 and he threw the ball. I was like, what are you doing? <laughs> but it worked. <laughs> so like, yeah, I, I want to see, I want to see more of that. I, th- I think, I think that's when Ohio state is at its best. It's still like special teams still remains 
vastly important for all the reasons we discussed, but I think the best version of Ohio State is where Ryan Day keeps the pedal down and you're not worrying too much about the kicking game. Special teams was also vastly important to getting through the podcast daily. That's right. On the last Wednesday of June. So shout out to the specialists and uh, Parker Fleming and Ryan Day for giving us one more interesting topic. Maybe you think that, maybe not. I don't we'll know. We'll take it. We'll take it. Either way, this podcast is over, and if you're hearing me say it, it must have been good enough. <laughs> and that's all I was aspiring for today. That's Bill Landis. I'm Austin Ward. Thanks for joining us on the podcast daily. We'll talk to you later.